Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Jesus had died and had been raised from the dead and then had appeared to some of the disciples. But Thomas hadn't seen him. And as the other disciples came and they told Thomas, Thomas, Jesus has risen. We've seen the Lord. He said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Uh, About a week later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples. And Thomas saw him, and Jesus said to Thomas, he said, "Don't, don't be doubting. But believe, here, come put your hands in my nail prints and in my side. And don't be doubting, but believe. And he said, my Lord and my God. You see, Thomas had experienced the grace of God. Aren't you glad that we can experience the grace of God? What is grace? Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. God has done that in His Son, Jesus Christ, and He does that consistently in our lives. Every day that we live, He gives us grace. Um, Grace is important because grace helps us to understand, and worshiping God's grace is important because as we worship God, we, we are reminded of His greatness. We're reminded that He can handle the things that we face in life. If you've ever been overwhelmed by your circumstance, you understand the need. Uh, to redirect your focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ and His complete sufficiency. Uh, Worshiping His grace is important because it helps us connect with Him. It helps us connect with Him in relationship. Uh, It provides His presence for living the Christian life. Um, This letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians uh, starts off with a great... 14, 15 verses or so, that is one sentence in the original language, but it's all worship. All worship to God for His grace. And we're just going to look at the first part of it today, but Paul is encouraging them by worshiping the Lord. I was in my my quiet time uh, a few days ago, and I was reading about how the worship of God builds up the body of believers. Did you know when you come to worship, this is no extra charge for this, okay? When you come to worship God here in this place, as you worship, not only does it bless you and help you connect with God, but it blesses people around you as they see you engaged in worship. God's worship is a powerful thing. Uh, so uh, Paul is writing to them, and he is he's worshiping God, and he's also Uh, providing this this statement of worship to remind them of just who God is and just what they have in Jesus Christ. I want you to know we have riches in Jesus Christ. And and so uh, we as God's people need to worship Him and direct our minds to the greatness of our God. The title of my message is Praising God. God's grace. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will to the faithful saints in Christ Jesus at Ephesus. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavens. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the favor, to his favor and will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us with in the beloved. Praising God's grace. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to earth, uh, both God and man, and he lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross uh, to pay the penalty for your sin and mine, uh, and suffered in our place the justice and wrath of a holy God. And three days later, he rose up from the dead, victorious over death, And the Bible says that when we choose to turn from our sin and put our trust in Jesus Christ, He will change our hearts and He'll make us a new creation. He'll forgive our sins and He'll give us a home in heaven. But God also blesses us even more. The blessings of of God that come to us through Jesus Christ are not just limited to salvation from sin, although that's wonderful, or even a future home in heaven, but they have uh, everyday implications for our lives and the things that God does for us in our lives. And so I want you to see that what Jesus did for us on the cross and what he did in his resurrection and what he continues to do for us every day by giving us his power, uh, graciously giving that to us, it enables us to live the Christian life. Uh, look at this. I just want to call your attention to all the times that Jesus is addressed and that God is addressed here. He says, um, uh, an apostle of Christ Jesus or by Christ Jesus, uh, faithful saints in Christ from God and grace and peace from God and the Lord Jesus. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us in Christ. Any blessing that you have comes not because you deserve it, but comes because Jesus Christ has made the way for God to bless you. He chose us in Him. He adopted us through Christ. He gives us grace. He favored us with it in the Beloved. Everything that we have as God's people is a gift of His sheer grace. There's no room for pride. There's no room for for self uh, praise. God has given us it all because of his great grace. So what are the things that we need to praise God for giving us? So the first thing I want you to see is we need to praise him for our spiritual blessings. Praise him for your spiritual blessings. Verse 3 says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. In the Old Testament, they were told that, the Israelites were told that if you follow God's covenant, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed. And part of the blessings that would come upon them would be the blessings in their, in their fields and their crops would come in uh, well and their, their families would be blessed and there be, would be illness and all of these different things in their lives. And these were these physical blessings. But, and God still blesses us physically uh, to a certain extent. He, he's assured us that we'll have our needs met as his people. And he, when we give, he gives unto us. The scripture teaches that. 
Uh, but the primary blessings that we have as God's people are not the physical blessings right now. It's the spiritual blessings that he's given. And I want to tell you something. Those spiritual blessings are better than the physical blessings. Spiritual blessings. Have you ever, have you ever seen a miserable rich person? I want to tell you, there's a lot of them out there. There are people that have all the money that that this world could give. They have all the fame. They have all these things. But they're miserably unhappy. Because those outward things without Jesus Christ don't satisfy. But when a person comes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, and they're walking with Him by faith, and they're receiving strength from Him each day in His Word and time with Him, what they find is that God is walking with them in this life, that he gives them uh, encouragement in this life. One of my favorite scriptures is that scripture that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, the peace that passes understanding is a spiritual blessing. How can you have peace when everything's going crazy in your life? One thing and one thing only can provide that for you, and that's the grace of our great God through Jesus Christ. Peter talks about joy and suffering. He says, we're suffering. We, we're beset by all these different things, that are, and we're suffering in all these different situations. But he says, this is so that God can, can grow us and so forth. But then he says, but we are also rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. How can you have joy when everything's falling apart in your life? It's a spiritual blessing given by the grace of God. You see... God provides joy in the midst of of difficulty. One of the greatest blessings that we have as Christians is the ability to to draw aside with God, to spend time in His Word and let His Word speak to our hearts, Uh, to to talk to Him as we talk to a friend, uh, knowing that He cares for us, to, to unload our burdens upon Him and to find that as we do, He gives us His joy. What an amazing thought. Spiritual blessings in Christ. Here's another one, mercy. Scripture tells us that God's mercies are new every morning. Mercy, grace is getting what you don't deserve, the good things that you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting the judgment that you do deserve. (laughs) Aren't you glad that we have mercy? And His mercies are new every morning. That's a spiritual blessing. Praise God, I may have messed up yesterday, but that's under the blood of Christ. And today, I have mercy for a new day. It's a spiritual blessing. Praise God for it. Hallelujah. God gives us his encouragement, his comfort. Jesus said, if I don't go away, I won't send the comforter to you. He's given us the Holy Spirit who comforts us in times of difficulty. That's a spiritual blessing. In Acts 1.8, the Bible says that, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit of God has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Power from God is a spiritual blessing that we get, not because we deserve it, but because God is good. The Bible says that God has gifted us with spiritual gifts. Those are spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Everything you have from the breath that you take each day is a gift of God's grace. 
But those spiritual blessings, I think, are the sweetest blessings. A relationship with God. How a sinner like me or like you could have a relationship with the great sovereign of the universe who is holy and pure and spotless. That could not happen without the blood of Jesus. You see, my sin separated me from God. I, I, I was guilty, but I've been acquitted by the grace of Jesus Christ. He took my sin upon himself. The Bible says God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus took my sin and he gave me his righteousness so that I am clothed with his righteousness when I come in the presence of God. That is a spiritual blessing. I can come before God in confidence. Here's another spiritual blessing. We have a high priest who intercedes for us every day. Did you know that? Some of you, um, you say, put my name on the prayer list. And I'm happy to do that. Uh, We pray for each other. We pray for, for lost people. We pray at this altar and we believe God answers prayer. But you know, that's a blessing. But Jesus Christ himself prays for you. The Holy Spirit of God himself prays for you. As his child. You ever thought about that? You have two heavenly intercessors who are bringing you before the throne. It's a spiritual blessing. We could go on and on. I want you to know we serve an awesome, awesome God. I, uh, I remember the, the movie Annie. When I was growing up, we saw the movie Annie. And uh, this little orphan girl... Uh, Look, wishing her parents would come get her. And uh, she gets adopted into Daddy Warbuck's household. And uh, she, I remember the first time she sees it, she just, she's walking around. She's never seen anything like that before in her life. This guy's he's, he's wealthy beyond what most people can imagine. And so she's, she's walking through, and she's just looking at taking it all in. Look at this. Wow. Wow. I get to be here. And she's just overjoyed. She's overwhelmed by the the blessing that is hers. And that's the way you and I need to be. But did you know the blessing that we have now is just the tip of the iceberg? One day Jesus is going to come back. The Bible says now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. I'm ready. The Bible says the the trumpet will sound and the dead will rise and those who are alive in Christ will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And did you know that there'll never be any end to the blessing? There'll be no sin, there'll be no heartache, there'll be no pain, there'll be no crying. Forever and ever and ever we'll have complete unhindered fellowship with God. New heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem without a curse. We can't even really imagine the spiritual blessings we have. Praise God for your spiritual blessings. And worship Christ because without him, none of us would have any of it. He is worthy. So what should we praise him for? Praise him for 
your spiritual blessings. Secondly, praise Him for your heavenly position. Your heavenly position. Look at verse 3 again. He says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Now, what's he talking about there? Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, the Bible says he won a spiritual battle. He put his enemies on public display, Colossians says. He defeated them. He triumphed over them in the cross. And then three days later, he walked out of the tomb victorious over death. And then the Bible says that he has been exalted to the right hand of the Father. Jesus is in the position of honor in heavenly places. And one day he's going to return. So Jesus is exalted in the heavens. And what does that mean? That Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, that he's exalted. Well, first of all, it means it's a place of honor. Jesus is honored. And and, and one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's a place of honor. It's a place he deserves because of what he has done. But secondly, it's a place of authority. It's a place of authority. Jesus is Lord of the universe. All the angels must bow to him. All the demons of hell must obey him. When he speaks, my daddy used to say when I was a little boy, Son, when I say jump, you say how high on the way up. That's the the authority of Jesus. All hell has to obey when Jesus Christ speaks a word. That's the authority of our Savior. Creation is held together by His awesome power. By Him, Colossians says, all things hold together. They came together at creation and they're held together right now by His power. Why does the earth stay in orbit? Because Jesus tells it to. I want you to know we serve an awesome, mighty God in our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are in Him. Now, when I met my wife, uh, I thought I hit the jackpot. Okay? I want to tell you something. I did. Okay? Is she in here? She'll use it against me. Uh, <laughs> no, that's right. But I did. I mean, and, and uh, I remember that we got married. And uh, all of a sudden, the two had become one. And under the law, what was mine was hers, and what was hers was mine. We, we had a joint bank account. I know you can have separate bank accounts. I know that. But just bear with me. We had a joint bank account. We filed our income taxes jointly. Guess what? When we had kids. Both of us had authority over those kids. It was a shared authority because I was in her and she was in me. We were one. When you put your trust in Jesus Christ, a heavenly transaction takes place. Jesus Christ is the groom and those of you who put your trust in Christ, we the church are the bride. You have been joined to him. You are one with him. You are in him. 
his authority is your authority. Jesus, when he came to the demoniac, man was running around the tombs naked, screaming. Uh, people were scared to death of him. They tried to arrest him. He had chains. He, he broke apart the chains. and They couldn't keep him in prison. They couldn't do anything with him. He was a lost cause. He was completely hopeless. Jesus Christ comes and, and these demons who were inhabiting his body scream when Jesus approaches. And they say, don't, don't, uh, don't send us into the abyss. And they're, they're crying, don't send us. And, and uh, they're fear, they're ter- by the way, that is the way demons must act before Jesus Christ because he is in authority over them. Jesus has a discussion with the demons. And uh, what is your name? We are legion for we are many. A whole legion of demons. Have, Jesus says, they, that they're bargaining with him. They know he has the authority. They say, they say well, hey, let us go in these pigs. Jesus says one word, and they have to obey. Go. They run in. This whole herd of pigs runs down a hill and falls off a cliff and dies. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bizarre circumstance. But, but Jesus had authority over it. But guess what? The apostles, when Jesus had ascended to the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit had descended, and, and they come and they say, in the name of Jesus Christ, you leave. And the demons have to obey because they have a shared authority. See, that's your heavenly position. Don't you be afraid of the devil. Respect the fact that he can deceive. Respect the fact that he does have power. But don't ever fear him because you have authority over him in Jesus Christ. You're a child of God. You are in Christ. His power is yours. Somebody once said, prayer is omnipotent because God's omnipotent. When you pray and you ask God to intervene in a situation, you are putting into play the very power of God in a situation. When you are walking filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you have power over sin. I want you to know, we as Christians aren't paupers. We're princes and princesses. We've been given a heavenly position. Have you ever seen uh, maybe one of those old movies, and they have the princes, you know, and, and so forth, and everybody bows, and they, you know, give deference to the prince or princess or whatever, and, and uh, they recognize their authority, and, and, and they have a derived authority, right? Same thing's true of a police officer. Not quite the same way, but they have a derived authority, right? They stand out in front of that big truck, and they put their hand out like that, and that truck stops. So we have a shared power that is that power that comes from being princes and princesses uh, of God. And so we, we have an incredible privilege. Don't let the enemy sell you a lie. You are incredibly important. You've been given a, a position in Christ, an honored, exalted position. Don't you ever live like you're a second-class citizen. Don't you ever believe someone else who might say something about you. You are the child of the king. 
you have a heavenly position. He's given us blessings in heaven. Now, he's going to go on to say in Ephesians, they, they were having trouble with uh, these spiritual uh, battles in the church. Uh, the enemy was coming against them. And so he sets the stage for all the discussion he's going to have later on about these principalities and powers. And he says, listen, I want you to understand your heavenly position. You don't need to be afraid. You're a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Praise God for your heavenly position. Listen, I am a, a, a closet prince. Now, people wouldn't know it when I drive down the street, but it's true. And one day, the Bible says, when Jesus comes back, the righteous are going to shine like the stars forever and ever. We're going to be exalted. That's your heavenly position. Uh, praise God for it. Put your trust in that authority that you have in Jesus Christ. So first of all, praising God's grace, what should we praise Him for? First of all, your spiritual blessings. Secondly, your heavenly position. Thirdly, your eternal purpose. Your eternal purpose. Titus 2.11 says, The grace of God has appeared unto all. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You see, Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came so that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to get this, though. This is, this is, this is really an amazing doctrine. The Bible says he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. What is God's eternal purpose for you? To become like Jesus, to be holy and blameless. He has chosen to save each and every one of us from sin who would come to him. I love what Romans 10 says. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And a few verses later it says, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who has God chosen to save? Every single person to ever put their faith in Jesus Christ. But I want you to know it's not just a corporate choosing. God has chosen you individually. One of the most precious doctrines, I think, is the, the idea that God, in eternity past, knew who Roger Pugh was going to be, knew who you were going to be, and he said, listen, I love you. And because I love you, before he ever said, let there be light, and before he ever created the heavens and the earth, he said, I have set my love upon you. And I'm going to send my son. He's going to die a horrible death in your place to forgive your sins so that you can have a relationship with me. I choose freely to do it because of my love for you. Two little boys were one day playing together. One of them was adopted and one of them wasn't. The one that wasn't adopted said to him, he said, I'm sure sorry that you were adopted. The other little boy says, what do you mean? He said, your parents had to have you. My parents chose me. That's the idea. 
God chose it. Is that not, does that not just boggle your mind? The God who created the universe said, I choose you. We're chosen in Christ. God could never have chosen me or you without what Jesus did. The greatness of our Savior. He chose us so that we could be holy and blameless before Him. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He delivered them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And then when He brought them to the wilderness, He began to give them instruction on how to be a holy people of God. Now, they did a whole lot of outward things, but we under the new covenant have been changed inside. Made new creations in Christ. Those, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you have been changed. You're a new person. Yes, you have that old nature that wants to do evil, but you have a new nature that wants to do good. God has changed you by His power. And you begin a process of growth as you cooperate with God. You begin to become more and more like Jesus. Holiness is God's purpose for your life. Um. I like what Ephesians 2.10 says. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has chosen you with a purpose, to be holy. What does holy mean? It means to be set apart, to be different, to be like Jesus. You and I have an exalted purpose, to be holy and blameless. Before him. Now, I can't do that perfectly. That's why I needed Jesus to credit his righteousness to me. But praise God, I can grow in holiness. He's given me the Holy Spirit of God within me to help me to live the righteous life that God desires. Um, he's made a provision for me when I sin. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. But the fact that this is God's purpose, do you, you know what that means? God is for you. Don't get discouraged in your walk with God. Some of you are buying the, the lie of the enemy. That if I, I, just, I just can't get this Christian life down. I, I just can't do it. I, I, I've tried. I, I've gone there. I've been there, done that. Uh, I can't do it. I, I, I can't handle it. Do you know the eternal purpose of God is set upon you? Hang in there. Trust God. Ask God to fill you with His Spirit to live through you. Ask God to teach you how to walk in the Spirit. Because as you do, you will have increasing victory. God will, God will turn the light bulb on. You remember those cartoons where somebody get an idea and the light bulb would turn on? God will do that for you. He'll turn the light bulb on. It is his purpose that you be holy. That's so encouraging. You struggle with your faith? Hang in there. God's for you. Ask him to increase your faith. Ask him, Lord, I, I confess it to him. Lord, I'm not where I need to be, but I ask you to fill me with your spirit and trust through me. 
Lord, I'm dealing with worry. I can't seem to get the, the handle on worry in my life. And, and God, I just I need to, to bring this to you, these problems to you, and thank you for the good things you've done. And I need you to bring me your peace, but I can't do it alone. Thank you, God, you're for me. It is his purpose that we become more and more like Christ. So whatever you struggle with, he is more than able to help you with. Be dedicated to this book and learning and growing in, this, in his word. Be dedicated in your personal time with him and grow in your relationship with him. And he will teach you how to walk. The Bible says he is our good shepherd. You know what a good shepherd does? He takes care of the sheep where they are. Uh, have you seen those pictures where they carry the lamb on their shoulders? And some of those lambs are too small, and, and, and he just picks them up and carries them on the shoulders. Some of you, you say, I'm too small for this thing. I can't handle it. Well, praise God. If Jesus is carrying, you can handle it. And he'll, he'll, he'll bind up your wounds when you're wounded. He'll, he'll come to comfort you when you need comfort. He'll supply everything that you need by His grace. Praise Him for His eternal purpose for you. Look at verse 5. He predestined us to be adopted. And by the way, this is all one sentence in Greek. In verse 5, the word predestined goes up with verse 3. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we praise Him? Because He ordained that everybody that puts their trust in Jesus Christ would become his children. I'm a child of God, adopted into the heavenly family. Hallelujah. Uh, according to his favor and will. Literally, he, he, verse 6 says, He has lavished his grace upon us. To the praise of his glorious grace that he, my translation says, he favored on us with in the beloved. But literally, the, the Greek says, He graced us with his grace. In other words, it's an overflowing, abundant grace that supplies everything we need. Now, I realize people have budgets. But how would you take care of your children if you had the resources to give them what you, what you wanted to give them? I bet you'd, be, you'd, you'd delight in giving good things to them. Now, some of them, you might say, well, they get spoiled if I give them too much. You know, I understand that. But, but in a parent's heart to do good for their kids, we have a Savior who, who's the Lord of the universe, has all the resources, owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he loves us. He has adopted us into his family. And he wants to give us the kingdom. Praise God. For his eternal purpose in choosing us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for the spiritual blessings that you give us, the heavenly position that you give us, and the eternal purpose that you have for us. Help us never to get over it.